Are we recording? Is this thing on? Yes, it is. Welcome to RevOps 500, where we invite the world's top marketers to answer the tough questions facing growing organizations. Ooh, sounds important. I'm Sajil Qureshi. And I'm Gil Bates. Join us as we dive deep into the world of RevOps. We'll be learning strategies and expertise from first-hand experience. RevOps 500 is sponsored by Computech. They provide technical and development expertise to growth-focused marketing. Let's get started. Hey everyone, Sajil Kreshi here with another episode of RevOps 500, where we interview some of the world's greatest B2B uh, tech marketers. Today, I can't tell you how excited I am. Uh, we have a very, very special guest. She's not just a marketer, she's a trendsetter. She's an SEO expert, an advertising specialist. Uh, she's a true leader in the field. Uh, she's got a big time, uh, you know, she's devoted her whole career to championing growth and she's been, a, you know, she's got relentless hustle and those set her apart in this industry. She's won the Future Leader of the Year in Marketing within, within the Female Executive of the Year group in the 2022 Titan Women in Business Awards. Right now, she's a marketing director at Red Shark Digital. Elena Corsini, welcome to RevOps 500. Thank you. That was such an introduction. I appreciate hey, no. that. That was like the best one I think I've ever gotten. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's your it's your Wikipedia article, Elena. It's, it's, right. it's, it's <laughs> nobody else's, so. <laughs> right. So, well, thank Elena. you. Yeah, and it, it's so great to be here. And yeah, just as you said, um, I'm Elena. I'm marketing director at Red Shark Digital. Uh, we're a full service agency. Um, our headquarters are in Greenville, North Carolina. However, we service clients across the globe, primarily in the USA um, on the East Coast. A little bit, we've got West Coast and Midwest, but um, yeah, up and down the East Coast and absolutely love what we do. Like I said, full service. So we um, really provide any and all digital services, marketing services, but really our bread and butter is, as you mentioned, SEO, paid advertising, and then website development. Man, yeah. So I mean, like that, and that that kind of is a, is a good... Um... A good entry point because you know when yeah. you when you're when you're in an agency you you see so many different things businesses of different shapes and sizes especially mm -hmm. especially with RevOps. So you know, Elena, what is one RevOps myth that you can share from your uh, your time in the field yeah. so far? Yeah, um, I would say I think the biggest is that RevOps is only for large enterprises and large businesses. Um, I think that RevOps really can truly benefit businesses of all sizes by improving the efficiency collaboration and then therefore improving revenue generation. Uh, I think that primarily when we think about RevOps and especially thinking of a RevOps team, not every small business and or medium-sized business has the capability and or the bandwidth to allocate those resources specifically to RevOps and or a specific person who's, you know, designated to those tasks. So I think taking that a step further and just recognizing that it's not just for those bigger organizations, but that all small businesses as well as medium-sized can benefit from improving their efficiency because therefore it's going to generate increased revenue. Okay, so that, that's a that's an interesting point. So you're saying RevOps is really not just for like a mid-market company with an internal market team. It could be for business oh, yeah. any shapes and size. So let's say you know you're a business of two or three people. You know how do you how do you do RevOps in a in a small team like that? Yeah, yeah, and I think too, and that we will find a lot of times when we're working with a client or even prospecting. That is what we're working with, especially when they're just starting out. We work with a lot of. Um, clients who are in those growth stages. So they'll come to us, they only have two to three, maybe even five people. And then by the end, within the next two to three years, you know, they have a full team, they have 20, wow. 25 people. And really that starting point is, again, recognizing that RevOps is that strategic approach to 
impact the company's revenue and aligning everyone who's on the team, whether or not it's two people, whether or not it's 50 people, whether or not it's 200 people, it's aligning all, all everyone on the same message and on just getting on the same bus. Like everyone has a seat on the bus, getting all together and working collectively, um, I think is is really just the biggest, the biggest part of that. If you only have three people, there's a salesperson, there's a marketing person, and there's a customer service person. And hopefully your customer per- service person, if you only have three people, like all people are attributing to that, getting them all on the same same page and taking a step back and saying, okay, we all generate revenue for the business. And we all have to take that understanding and aligning what we're working on together. Um, Not just, okay, this isn't just marketing's job. This isn't just sales job. This isn't just customer service or operations, what have you. It's everyone's collective responsibility to attribute and to, you know, significantly improve the revenue. So what if in a, so I mean, that's a good point. Obviously in in a small team, everybody is driving bottom line somehow, right? Now, what Mm -hmm. what if you're, what, I mean, you know, I mean, that you, you probably see this all the time. What if your salesperson is your is your main customer success manager and also your head of renewals, right? Like because yeah. founder or something like that. Right. How, how does that how does that work? Is it easier with dealing to implement revolves that way, or is it harder? Yeah, I think honestly, and that's like a both <laughs> in marketing. It always depends. Um, so I would yeah. say for that specifically, it's like you have the luxury of it being one person. Is that you? can't necessarily operate in a silo because it's like, okay, I'm dealing with sales here. I'm dealing with customer service here. I know what the customer is seeing. I'm hearing their feedback. I'm getting that in real time. And then therefore I can kind of change either my sales strategy or or change even my customer service, how I'm communicating with the client based on the feedback from sales or from marketing, et cetera. If it's all one person, you don't, I mean, you have internal dialogue, yes, and internal conflict, but if you can't communicate that with yourself and bring okay, my relationship with the customer to the sales strategy, then that's a whole different, that's a whole different like Ah. issue, you know, but if for one person, it's, I have always found that it's easier, honestly, because it's one person bringing the, the ideas from one area of the business to another. I think with RevOps particularly, and almost, I don't want to say it's harder for larger organizations, but with larger and enterprise organizations, you have a marketing department, you have a sales department, you have, if you're lucky, you have a customer service department. A lot of times sales and marketing and account managers take that grunt work, you know, from customer service, which means you have teams. And with those teams, there are silos and there are miscommunication. Um, I come from a communication background. So Communication is huge too. It's huge to me, but it's also huge um, at Red Shark. And that's something that we kind of pride ourselves uh, on is in continuously improving our communication because that's the only way that you're going to get things across the finish line. If it's only one person, then that communication really should be happening in the moment and kind of reduces lag time. Um, and then you can better in turn work on your strategy. If you have, you know, that larger team, then it's, it, you've got to be able to communicate properly. And if there is mis- miscommunication, then that's a whole nother barrier that you have to get across in order to, you know, impact the bottom line. So that's politics. If if there's if there's one person, <laughs> if they're right, doing right, exactly, jobs, less, less exactly. politics, less silos, less less of yeah. all sorts of things. 
Yeah. And I will say too, on that, like in one of my big things for my team is as we've expanded, it's like our marketing continues to get better because you're bringing in more ideas. You're bringing in new ideas, new ways of thinking. And I always think, you know, having a diverse team is also good as well, but you've got to communicate and you have to have those um, processes and you have to have all of that already in advance and working mm -hmm. fluidly with a small team before, okay, we can do this on a larger scale and we can grow to a larger scale as well. So if you, if you have, if you, if you, if you have only like a, like a small team like that, Elena, what is like the, what is like the, the lowest hanging fruit? What's like the biggest opportunity that you guys see when you, when you come into a, to a, like a, a, a company in that growth stage, what's the one, yeah. what are the one or two kind of the quick wins you, you kind of, you, you know, you're an agency, you have to show that, right? In the next right. 30, 60, 90 days, you have to show something, right? Otherwise, it's like, well, what are we paying you guys for? Right, so right. What, what is that? What is the, what are those first quick wins that you you show in a RevOps right. context? Right. Um, I would say specifically a lot of where, and this is the premise of RevOps, is that disconnect between sales and marketing. Um, I think a lot of time those teams, even if it's, even honestly, even if it is one person, those um, are communicating or they're not communicating and they're operating in silos because when, and especially for marketers, how you want to be marketed to and how you expect to be marketed to is entirely different than what your consumer is. And so if you can take a step back and really understand who you're marketing to and and really understand their pain points and their challenges and, and how to imp improve that, I think that for us is where a lot of, because in, in two, we'll have a lot of prospects that come to us and they're switching agencies. They've been with an agency prior, but to your point, they've not shown any wins at all. And a lot of times it's because their messaging, their marketing is just totally disconnected from their sales process and or their sales representatives who have the intel on what's actually going on in their industry to then influence the marketing strategy. Um, so I think for us, it's aligning those two saying, saying okay, like, do you have CRM? Like, what's going on? Are you using Salesforce? Are you using HubSpot? Um, how is that coming through to your marketing? How are we being able to attribute? Do we have the platforms? Do we have the resources to do that? Again, that's a huge part of that quick win. And then also uh, just aligning their messaging overall and their communication. Again, like I said, I'm, I've got a communication background. So I think Put, making sure that on all fronts, whether that's your website, whether that's your social media, whether or not that's your, um, you know, thought leadership coming out from your executives, everything has to be on brand and it has to have the same ideas and concepts. And if you're not in continuously instilling that in your messaging and, and for any organization, then you're not going to increase revenue and, and increase that on the bottom line. That quick win, if we can assess that in that in that first month or in that first two months, align everything so that marketing and sales are speaking to each other, almost immediately we're able to attribute that and or not attribute that the marketing channels aren't working and then we're able to adjust accordingly. Um, I think that's also just another area is that very quickly, if we're able to record and measure and then take the data that we're seeing and then make those changes within the first 90 days, again, just like another quick win that we like to do. So let, let's talk about attribution then because you brought it up. So how do you, how do you show like um, marketing and sales, you know, alignment or attribution is there like some sort of statistic is it some sort of a you know conversation is it what is it exactly yeah it's really in hubspot i mean i'm gonna plug hubspot but hubspot yeah, is sure. a great tool for that and especially with b2b but there are i mean there's 
tons of platforms out there. I think that when you, and again, to some of the businesses that we do work with are small businesses. So they are operating sometimes still in a spreadsheet and they're managing and or they don't even have a spreadsheet. And it's like someone calls and they're like, okay, now we're going to send them a quote. And it's just a random email. But then being able to attribute that directly to the lead and or the phone call that's coming in using a, a tool or a platform to do that. Um, is our, I mean, our number one recommendation because you can do that manually. You can, you know, attribute, but it's just, it's a, I don't want to say it's a lost cause, but, you know, you don't want to, and especially in this day and age, you don't want to spend time as money. You don't want someone to do that manual task when we could be using a HubSpot, when we could be using a different platform for that, that can do it automatically in the background. Um, and then again, I think specifically it's bringing that all in one so many times we will see that people do have Salesforce and they have HubSpot and they're, the two aren't integrated or they're operating, like I said, in, in silo. The marketing team's operating in, in HubSpot and then the sales team is operating in Salesforce. We know that we're bringing X amount of raw leads to the site. We know we're bringing you know, X amount of form fills or X amount of events or what have you. But sometimes we don't know, okay, what happens after the fact? Mm. Being able to have a software or a platform that does that for you. Um, and then again, being able to analyze that data to say, okay, this marketing channel is working or this marketing channel isn't working. It's not generating revenue. It's not past that just raw form fill or raw event to the um, to the site then we're able to, again, influence our strategy according to that. And and if they if they don't have, so I guess one way to, to prove alignment is to make sure the CRM and the marketing efforts are are connected, right? It is just to exactly. show that the, the website, if it's a website, if it's, you know, a LinkedIn channel, whatever the, whatever the marketing is doing, exactly. if, if, the, if that demand is being captured and attributed to sales somehow or being handed to sales somehow, that's one way of doing it. If they don't have a system, then you can put the system in. And that's another way of showing that, hey, look, we have them talking. Exactly. Exactly. And, and too, I think that that is such a huge part of it. And again, when we're prospecting and back to that quick wins, it's like, okay, I need X amount of leads tomorrow, or I need to generate this amount of revenue by next month. And it's like, okay, well, let's take a step back and and look at the process, look at where um, where the leads are coming from, but then also what's actually generating revenue. We can't just, mm -hmm. you know, have a feeling of, oh, this is working, this isn't working. We need to be able to attribute it properly and then be able to make our changes based on that data. And if we're not, and if we don't have that capability, then it's like, we know as well, it's okay, we can we can deliver you leads, we can deliver you digital leads, but past that, if we don't have that data, if we don't have access to that data, and or if everything's not working together, if it's all working, you know, separately in silos, then it, you're not going to have in as as a successful of a campaign and or like as much revenue as you could if everything was aligned and or at least communicating in one place. Got it. Got it. And so let, let's talk about like the, the, this, 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 setting all this up like there's a lot of technical work involved i mean is that like the most difficult piece of the process or what kind of things would what kind of things that you know at the agency keep you guys you know losing sleep you know on the technical challenges what what are some of those that you can kind of share yeah um i think for the technical side of things um i think because every client is a little different you know we can 
I, I don't want to say rinse and repeat, but there are certain processes and mm. certain strategies and certain plans that you can rinse and repeat. Um, and there are frameworks as well that it's like, okay, we know this is tale as old as time. Like this is, it will work. And in having that strategy um, in place is really important. I think it's more so during that discovery phase. So again, as you mentioned that during that quick win phase of, hey, let's understand the business, understand the business, understand the target market, understand mm -hmm. their processes, like what the hand, the handoff from marketing to sales, what happens after they submit a form on the site or they or, or they call who's the person who answers the the phone what is their process after do they have to manually input it into salesforce are they putting it into a spreadsheet like what is that process i think the technical implementation is almost easy because it's like okay we can implement it after it's that it's that rinse and re repeat process but it's understanding the components and the target market and the business of what has to go into place in that technical implementation. So I think the actual logistics mm. and like the execution of the technical implementation, that's easy because it's, I mean, it's a, it's a, I don't want to say just a how-to document, but it's a, it's a how-to, yeah. it's understanding and it's how to strategically take the objectives of the business, the target market, that how to market to them, and then be able to translate that into a process that's going to work for both sales marketing and, and the customer service teams. So, Lynn, like, you know, sales and marketing, sure. I mean, if, if you talk about understanding a business, yeah, they all kind of will, I mean, there, there, there are, like you said, there, there are certain certain common components. Like it could be mm -hmm. website, it could be email, it could be social media, it could be whatever, right? Podcasting, whatever. Now, if, if you talk about the business itself, though, I mean, that's a very different thing. Like, you know, you know marketing to a, you, you know, handling like a, like a company that does, you know, like home cleaning for offices is very different mm -hmm. than one that does, you know, real estate, right? Or, or you know, is a home builder. But, you know, at an agency, you know, you, you'll probably see, you can see both of those kind of clients in one day. You could have one email inbox from one, then another one for the next one right after. It's a totally different mode of business. One is about cleaning right. house, one's about building a house, right? That's the only thing they have in common. Right. Is it? So, but so obviously understanding those businesses is, is very different, right? The, the, you know, mm -hmm. what, what's operationally involved, what the customer success part right. of it needs. Right. So where, how does that all fit in? How do you, how do you understand these different businesses, shapes, sizes, everything? That's got to be a huge endeavor. Yeah. Yeah. I will say um, that definitely is our minds are running a mile a minute, um, I will say. And there again, although there are some, like every client is different, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. there are fundamentals and there are fundamentals of, of these, I mean, sales and marketing that it's like you have to have. And a lot of times we'll find that a client and as we're like prospecting, they're usually missing one of those fundamental pieces and that we're able to like easily identify in that moment to then say, okay, like your like sales and marketing are not talking at all. And or like your paid mm. advertising in your SEO is not talking and or communicating or your website does not translate to your advertising. So there's usually like one, one bigger component. I think that we can kind of recognize in that moment that it's like, okay, again, here's a quick win. Here's an area that we can provide value um, right in that moment. And then I also think too, I have a phenomenal team. My team is like, I cannot say enough great things about it. I think um, being a leader, but then having people that you feel confident in to do 
to do the thing, you know, and, and mm-hmm. to do the job well. Um, we are neat. I wouldn't say we're like super, super niche down, but I have uh, our SEO team, our pay team, our social team, our HubSpot team who are niched in their specific area and their specific marketing channel of expertise. But then I also have kind of within those niches, we also have industry somewhat niches. I have strategists who have worked a little bit more with B2B, a little bit more with professional services and or manufacturing so that they're also able to attribute that industry knowledge to that specific client at that time. Um, so we do try, and especially with our like content creation, if I have, and I'm thinking of one of our copywriters in general, she's killer at healthcare and just getting and being able to translate that authority in that moment. I think healthcare copywriting, it's a very specific um, niche. I think that people can do it well and or it can be very dry and just, okay, here's the information, but she does it exceptionally well. So when we do get healthcare, she's kind of the person that will give those tasks to and or the copywriting, et cetera. Okay. So I think that's also another thing. It's it's having those fundamentals in place. Okay, these fundamentals of marketing, this omni-channel approach, it applies to everyone. You've got to be yeah. everywhere right now. Um, but then also having a solid team that you feel confident in, but then also having them niche down in areas of their expertise and or just things that they're interested in. I think that people, um, I feel very strongly that people do great work when they enjoy the work and they feel confident in what they're doing. So if um, we will do a lot of communication with our strategists and with our copywriters on, hey, are you liking this information? Is there a client that you just heard like, you know, our AMs are prospecting and you might want to work on their account. If they show interest, we immediately kind of allow them, allow that to flourish because the content Mm -hmm. and or the work that they're doing will be better. Hey everyone. Thank you for listening to another episode of RevOps 500. This podcast is a great opportunity and channel for revenue operations and much more. If you've been thinking about a podcast or you want to ship production to a friendly team, check out ringmaster.com. They're the team behind this podcast. RevOps 500 is sponsored by Computan. Computan serves as the back-end dev and technology team for shorthanded marketing agencies and departments. Shorthanded? Wait a minute. That sounds like me. Now, let's get back to it. The end. And then obviously they, then it's easier for them to get into the into the nitty-gritty of the, exactly. the client's business and what they do and how they do it and why they do it and all that kind of exactly. stuff. Exactly. Exactly. And they've heard it a lot of times too. They've heard it before and or yeah. they've heard it from another uh, another client who they're working with at that time. And you're able to immediately say, hey, actually, I have a client in this industry. It might not be in North Carolina. It might be in Pennsylvania. It might be in Boston. Sure. It might be in LA. Like, But again, the fundamentals of an industry are pretty much the same sure. everywhere. Um, I, I, we see that part- in particular with our law firms. We have um, a few personal injury lawyers. Um, and they are up and down the East Coast. So they're in different, I mean, totally different areas, different cities, different, like mm-hmm. one's really rural, one is on Cape Cod. So and oh, another wow. one's in Philadelphia. So again, just like very different areas. But it's funny because when we are looking and analyzing or when like one one of our clients will say, hey, you know, like the market's down a little bit, we'll kind of communicate with the others. And pretty much they're, I don't want to say they're always seeing the exact same, you know, traffic decrease or increase, but the market is, is 
the market and and based on that industry. So really having them niche down and then being allowing them to take the information and like take what they're learning from other clients as well and then apply it to that specific task that they're doing at that time. Yeah, and that's uh that's interesting that you that you that you're able to do that that you have team members who have, you know, unique skill sets in, in, in different mm-hmm. areas. You know, that's a very, uh, well, it's, it's a very unique team, but that explains why, you know, you guys have, you know, the, the credentials that you, that you have, right. I mean, because, you know, you do have that, that, that background, like, right. now, I, I, I want, I want to go back into your past a little bit. Now I know, I know, I think I read online that, you know, you worked, you worked at a Mexican restaurant for a yes. class, right? <laughs> Yeah. I did. So, like, now how, how would you, how would you set up like a, a RevOps operator? Because you're, you know your customer success there, right? So like the hospitality mm-hmm. service, it's product, mm-hmm. it's everything, right? How do you how would you set up like a customer? How would you set up like a a RevOps or well, RevOps operation, like a revenue operations operation at a business like that? Would it would it be different than what what you what you typically see, or would it be the same? The fundamentals, those three or four things that you talk about. What what yeah. do you what do you think? Yeah, that is such a great question. Oh my gosh. I, and I love to, uh, not a lot of people highlight my kind of hospitality past, but that's actually something that I think it, it almost sets me apart from others is because I've been in customer service since I yeah. was 14 years old. So it's like, I, wow, I 14. know, that, you know, yeah, like I, but I, I've done this, whether or not it's retail or it's selling, like we used to sell frozen lemonade in Boston, but it's like, sure. whether you're selling Dell's lemonade yeah. or you're, you're selling a, you know, a piece of clothing in a retail store, it's, you're dealing with the customer and you're dealing yeah. with immediately then like you're, you have to understand and be able to like empathize with them to to a degree in that moment on like hey this is this is what they're looking for they came to me for x and i need to provide that solution whatever it is and so right. i think applying again that and and also just like getting stuff done i think in, Absolutely, in yeah. serving and like bartending and any, anyone in that they know that it's just it's hustle and in yes. being and sometimes too you it's not always um, it's not always roses. It's not always rainbows and butterflies, but you still have to, um, show up and you still have to do what you can for the client and, or the customer, or the person in front of you. So I think, um, if I were to kind of take a step back and, and go back into it, you know, just a, a Mexican restaurant and say, Hey, I want to generate revenue. I think that is truly where I would start is listening to the customers. Um, and so, and again, I think, in hospitality too, there that's a great example. We're talking more of like B2B, but in an organization, you have your server, you have your bartender, you have your GM, you have your owner. Your owner is probably never talking to your server. Your yeah. owner's probably never talking to your busboy. If you have a good restaurant, your owner is coming out and they're talking to the customers and except or the mm. chef, et cetera. But there aren't organizations that always do that. So I think coming out and, and talking and making sure that there is communication, that the people, I don't want to say at the bottom, but the people just starting are still have and have that like open line of communication back to the owner and or back to the GM because they're the ones who are talking to the customer. They're the ones who are listening to the customer. They're the ones who know whether or not they like that burrito or you know, the new burrito just like doesn't hit the spot and or you removed a special that like, you know, you didn't think that people were going to care about, but all of the regulars absolutely loved it. The owner who's making those executive decisions who affect the bottom line at the end of the day typically aren't the ones communicating with the employee. So I think the first thing would be like, hey, how can we ha- set a team meeting? How can we set a a, a, a biweekly meeting? How can we align everyone to get them on the same page of, hey, 
let's bring what what the person who's actually doing the job and handing the food over, what they're hearing from the customer, how can we bring that back to the operational standpoint? How can we bring that back to the owner, to the GM, to make our process better, to then, okay, bring in more revenue at the end of the day? Yeah, that's so interesting how you how you put it that way. That like you know, there's always, there is that disconnect between you yeah. know marketing and sales and customer success, right? The person bringing someone to the door, optimizing the Google reviews is not the same exactly. person who is the waiter or the waitress at exactly. in the restaurant, and the owner is doing customer exactly. success. And they're just they're just there. I mean, but now what you're saying almost like in reality is maybe the owner should be doing the the thought leadership. The owner is the product in a way, right? They're the one that right. would come out and talk to the guests and how's it right. going, whatever. They become like a I want to use Ronald McDonald's analogy, but you know, they, they become like yeah. a they become like exactly. a face of the business, right? And then exactly. and then they and then exactly. and then and then and then people feel like, oh, I know the owner of this restaurant and whatever. And then they create that memorable yeah. experience for the guest. The guest comes back. Yeah. And they understand what the product is doing. So yeah, maybe that maybe yeah. there is some maybe there's fundamentals, funny. like you said. You know exactly, I mean? exactly. And it's so funny too that you mentioned that specific Mexican restaurant because the owner, and I will tell you, it's I mean, it's a great story. It's um Adrian Vargas, uh, Mike Horton, they're from Greenville, North Carolina and Chico's. Um, uh-huh. They will come out. So what I, and it's, yeah, again, nice. I'm trying to be like, oh, what would I improve of that organization? But that is something <laughs> that they do really well. And especially, you know, in a college town, in a town that there are uh, restaurants or a dime, a dime a dozen, yeah. they have the owners in the kitchen and the owner, the other owner is out front talking to the guests and has awesome. a tie on and shows up every single day, whether or not he has a shift or not to communicate with the, with their customers. And that's why they have regular regulars. That's why they have people coming back year after year, 40 years later, they'll come and be like, I remember Chico's down, you know, when I was 18 and blah, blah, blah. Wow. Like they do that because they have that owner who comes in and who brings in that personal, that, that approach there's, you know, and there's other, other variables, I think, you know, yeah. servers, food. of course, do a great job. The food is excellent. It's authentic. Yeah. Like it's straight from, it's great. But a huge part of that and what people always say is it's the people, it's the people, it's the owner, it's the mm-hmm. it's the atmosphere. And you don't get that by um, not communicating and having a one man show and or silos in any department. Yeah, so that, it's interesting, you know, how you how you quickly crafted a rev up strategy on the fly in a podcast <laughs> within like four and a half minutes for a Mexican restaurant that you went <laughs> But you you worked out at East Carolina, right? I mean, that's pretty, yeah. pretty impressive. I mean, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know your stuff. So let, let, let's let's go let's go back to let's go back to like you know, you know, Elena back at that restaurant. Like, what would you tell yourself? What would you go? What would you tell yourself back then that you that you know now? What what advice would you give your your former self? Oh, that's a good question too. Um, I think, and I speak. I'll go to a lot of again. I have. Uh, relationship with the college. We have a local, few local colleges here, oh, and nice. I'll speak to a lot of the school of communication. And I think one of the biggest things is that they don't tell you that true education and the free resources that are available online that you can expand your knowledge in. Um, I think again, I'll plug HubSpot. HubSpot does an incredible job with HubSpot Academy, HubSpot boot camps, the free resources that they have available to. Um, especially young professionals right now is is insane and in how much you can advance your knowledge just and learning from experts like learning and they'll connect with you on LinkedIn. They'll you know, you can communicate back and forth with them. I think having access to that um, one, it didn't 
exist to that caliber at that time. But then also, I think I was too, I don't want to say like too in the nitty gritty of like, hey, I just got to get to the next thing, recognizing that those were available at that time to expand my knowledge. Um, I think that having a little bit more of the fundamentals and access to those resources early on would have, again, laid the foundation for um, kind of my career a little bit earlier so that I could be, I guess, more knit in the nitty gritty. But I think just knowing that that is accessible. Like I said, when I go and I talk to schools and I talk to classrooms, I'm like, these resources are available. They're free. They're certifications. You can add them to your link or your resume, your LinkedIn. But then it also just gets your foot in the door of, hey, this is an area of expertise that like I want to go after. Um, I also think too, just like digitally, I didn't really recognize, I think at a younger age that, um, you know, rev, well, rev ops and marketing and digital marketing in general, like it is a amazing, fulfilling, incredible career that if you can get your, you know, hands dirty, if you can expand your knowledge on YouTube, you can get on HubSpot Academy, you can do some free resources, some free trainings, like there is so much opportunity to create just such an amazing life for yourself. Um, and it's available, you just have to like get after it and and find that knowledge. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's that's so true, right? I mean, it's multiple things, right? It's self-serving for HubSpot, obviously, because it gives people an introduction right, to the right. company. And then also the other side of it is that, you know, but the, the, the content is good. You know, you do learn things and you do, and you do pick up fundamentals in marketing that maybe you don't learn in a classroom or something like that, modern right. marketing tactics, what other people are doing. And they help some understand how they're being marketed to as well. So right. those are those right. are good things. So that that's the past. Now, what would you, what where do you see the future of, of RevOps going or even even the agency self red what, what what's the, what's the future looking like for for everything yeah i think it's you probably get this a lot right now it's almost a step back i think especially in the age of ai and technology like technology is just it's infinite like there are so many things and so many capabilities that and things that we can do i think the the businesses and the organizations that take a step back and under again communicate with their clientele communicate with their customers understand their target market take that deeper level to also empathize with their consumers and understand their pain points and be able to serve them in a way that um is truly i mean it's fulfilling for the organization but it's is for the the person and for the client i think those are going to be the organizations whose revops processes and whose revenue in general accelerate into, you know, the future. I think that right now in the, again, the age of AI, the age of like mass content creation, like marketing is almost easier than ever before, which then makes it more difficult than ever before. Because yeah. at a mass scale, anyone can create a blog, anyone can create a resource, anyone can create a mark. You can go to ChatGPT right now and say, you know, create me a Mexican RevOps strategy and it'll give you something. But it doesn't have that human experience. It doesn't have my um, experience of actually physically working in the hospitality industry for 10 mm -hmm. years. Like it doesn't have those um, the the human eyes and, and the personalization to it that, you know, AI and, and technology can't do. So I think that the organizations truly um, that take a moment to understand and, and just get communicate and humanize and and still understand, OK, the fundamentals of marketing or we are trying to provide a solution to someone that um that they're looking for it. And we're trying to solve a problem for them and just really like holding on to, to that 
And then finding strategies, finding ways to listen are going to be, again, the organizations that succeed um, in the future. So you you still, I mean, it sounds like you you feel that while AI is a, is a big part of the future of, of RevOps and, and most industries, there still will be the need for you know, thought leadership, human element, you know, oh, yeah. perspective. So, so let, let, let's talk a bit more about that. Like who are some of like the, uh, the mentors in RevOps or marketing that, that you, that you kind of looked up to now or in the past or anything like that? Can you, can you, can you name drop a little bit on that for yeah, us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I did, so, uh, Connor Jeffers from Aptitude 8 and then Jen, sure. um, Bergeron Connor, from yeah. Remotas. Yeah. Mm. Phenomenal. And I would say, um, you know, I did the RevOps bootcamp with both of them a few years ago and they are just the way that they position it, I think, um, is just so it makes you take a step back and say, wait, RevOps is it's everything like it's you don't need a team for it. You don't need you don't even need to say like, hey, we need to implement RevOps. Like, yes, of course, if you have the bandwidth and you have the capability to do that, that's absolutely like amazing and incredible, but not every organization has that. When everyone takes a step back and says like, okay, the responsibility of driving revenue for the company is the marketing director's responsibility. It's also the CEO's responsibility mm -hmm. and the COOs and the sales directors yeah. and our SEO lead and our paid lead. So when everyone, when we, when you strip that back and you understand that and it just, it's eye opening because it's like, and I think for us in general, having really learned specifically from them, and Jen in particular also does a great job, I think, with her LinkedIn post. She has exceptional content, a lot on, on the documentation process. I think the documentation part of RevOps is always um, bypassed because it's like, oh, we can't, we can't do it. Like, we don't have time mm -hmm. to do it. We just have to launch the campaign. We just have to launch. No, 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 no. If you stop, if you slow down then you can it can speed back up. I think that documentation process is such a key part of it. So um, I would say those two are are really just excellent in the space. Um, and then I think not particularly RevOps, but AI, um, Megan Anderson, she's the head of marketing at Jasper. Mm -hmm. um, just phenomenal in the way that she brings, I think, even like revenue to content and the idea of, hey, what everyone's doing is going to influence the bottom line and especially with marketing. Um, so again, just like another um, person I loved and her content again is great on LinkedIn. Yeah. Shout out to Connor, Jen and Megan. Yeah. They're all, they're all pretty, pretty good at this stuff. I mean, no, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, so just to get you know, a fun question to kind of wrap this up, you know, what are, what are some things you do outside of work? I mean, do you, do you head up Chico's at all still or no? I mean, <laughs> what, what is, what is, what is, what does Elena do for phone? She's not, you know, conquering the RevOps world. Yeah. Um, I'm also on the board for the Greenville Museum of Art. Um, so I love, again, just serving. I think art is a huge, it's a huge part of marketing. You literally can't have it without that. Um, so I absolutely, I enjoy that. That takes up a, a good chunk of my time. And then I also a mom. I have a two-year-old son, um, a seven-year-old stepson. So that I will say they keep me pretty busy outside of work. Um, and then also just, again, going back on like the, and I hate to say this kind of sounds like a nerd, but the education side of things, I'm always trying to expand my knowledge because I think, um, and especially in marketing and sales in particular, like it, things are are always changing. Um, it's great that I have a team that's niched down because they're able to expand directly in that specific service or channel even more than I can. Um, so I really like to use that time, even again outside, to learn about things that maybe aren't directly related to marketing, but again still pertain to the overall driving revenue for the business. Yeah, and those are that's a. Uh... 
those are those are good hobbies. Art, art and education and, and family life, right? I mean, what's uh, what what could be what could be more fulfilling than those three? Right? And Chico's yeah, sometimes. I still and go Chico's, Chico's. There you go. And sometimes you you know you, you go back, right? You have to you have to you have to you have to represent, Always. right? That's that's how it is. Well, you know, like Elaine, this has been an, an amazing uh, amazing conversation. I mean, you know, we we uh, you know we talked about the fundamentals. We talked about how RevOps is not just for big the big sharks but the small ones too i mean pun intended red shark digital I know, just because i love it love it <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and then uh yeah you know we just uh we learned a lot about you so i mean why, why don't you tell us a bit more about about red shark digital and where people can connect with you some more yeah um so like i said we're a full service agency um you can find us redsharkdigital.com we're at pretty active on instagram linkedin um facebook you can also find me on linkedin please connect with me um i always love just getting new connections and then getting to talk talk marketing excuse me um i will it's you know something i'm just i'm so passionate about so i love connecting with other individuals who feel the same um so yeah yeah elena and i guess was kind of saying you know it was a it was an amazing conversation you know you uh you showed us how RevOps is not just for, for for uh, big businesses, also for for small ones too. And you know, at at Red Shark, you guys see them in different shapes and sizes. Uh, you know, we talked about the future of of where RevOps is going. You know, it's, it's still going to be not thought, need thought leadership and those things. And of course, we crafted a RevOps strategy for for Chico. So you know, it was yeah. a, all, all in a <laughs> good forty minutes. Call him up. <laughs> yeah, all in a good forty minutes. So you know, I appreciate you making the time to. You know, to, to break bread with me on this one today. So thanks a lot. Of course. Yeah. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah. Thanks a lot. And this has been another episode of RevOps 500 and we'll see you guys next time. Take care. And that wraps up another episode of RevOps 500. Thanks for joining. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at RevOps500.com. RevOps 500 is sponsored by CompuCare, providing technical and development expertise to growth-focused marketing teams.